morning. It is Thursday morning, and I always love a good Thursday morning when we get to chat with Coach Amanda Loudon of our Train Like a Mother traditional running programs. How are you doing this morning, Coach Amanda? I'm good. I'm good. I got my long run in this morning, so I'm feeling pretty happy. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. How? Yeah. Uh, and so now we got to know those stats. How, how far did you run? Um, 14. So. Um, oh, wow. Are you training for a marathon or something? <laughs> I didn't know. Marathon. No, no, this is about my um, limit anymore that I want to get. I don't really enjoy going much longer than that anymore, but I'm, I'm probably running the New York City half marathon in two weeks. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for a few <laughs> pieces to fall into place. It's a press trip run. So. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. But, so we'll see. I think I'm going. <laughs> okay. So. All right. Well, so yeah. So you're definitely ready for 13.1 if you just did 14 today. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, hold on one second. My microphone. Okay. Um, the only other thing, can you just grab some headphones? Do you have headphones nearby, Coach Amanda? I, yeah, give me one second. Yeah, that's fine. I apologize for not asking earlier, but we've had a couple issues with, um, I've done a couple webinars earlier this week and last week, and having the headphones on is just a much better choice for, um, for sound quality. Are earbuds should... okay? Are earbuds okay or should we go with something better than that? No, no, no. Earbuds are fine. Um, and uh, and I apologize for not letting you know earlier. That was my my bad. Um, but yeah, so we've got a, a great group of questions here already. Um, we've got three plans. We've got the 10K, we've got the half marathon, and then we've got the marathon group. And we've also got a range of where people are in their plans now. We've got people here from um, January, February wave. So they have just finished their racing. Um, we have people in March, April who are um, kind of in the thick of their training. And then we have um, June, July who just are starting out. So it's kind of fun because there's a big range of questions um, as far as, uh, you know, everything from kind of pacing back to um, some workout questions. So, um, so I'm going to launch into the questions that, that were on Facebook. Okay. Yesterday, but um, there are, um, there's a place for you guys to ask questions. It looks like some of you have found them already, which is great. Um, if you guys, if you are listening right now, you can either raise your hand um, and I can call on you just like a kindergarten teacher and um, and you guys can chat with us directly um, if that's interesting to you. If you have a toddler or a boss in the background that is not allowing you to do that, um, you can also type in your questions and I can um, answer those. So or Coach Amanda, I can ask them and Coach Amanda will answer them. Actually, um, so let's just start. Um, I see two questions about cross training. So we're gonna start there. Um, Cheyenne, who is in the 10K group, and she says, uh, is there a recommended time for cross training? Um, and I think we might have said it in the captions, but do you wanna just talk about kind of cross training and how long someone needs to do it on a on, a, on an XT day? Sure, I, I think ideally anywhere in that 30 to 60 minute range is, is good. Um, you know, you're just looking to get a little bit of a break from from the impact of running. Um, you're still going to keep your cardiovascular system going, and you're going to get benefit anywhere in that range. I wouldn't go beyond an hour. That's that's you know, I think yeah. that's that's overdoing cross training. Um, yeah. And if if you're short on time, 30 minutes, you're in and you're out, and you're good. I agree. I agree with that 100 percent because it is like you just said. I mean, I always think of cross training as kind of just a it's almost like a, a bookend, like a little bit of just like get your blood flowing, get some get some yeah. healing going to the muscles yeah. because running breaks them down. And ideally, you're doing a cross training workout that is not 
necessarily impact. So it's elliptical yeah. or swimming or something like that. So it's just getting a little healing going on. Yeah. Um, great. And so then Kelly is chiming in um, with a question about uh, kettlebells here. So she is starting the half marathon race plan on Monday and it's her second um, training plan with us. So thanks for coming back, Kelly. Um, I would like to incorporate kettlebells into this training cycle. Should I do a longer, um, meaning like 30 to 45 minute kettlebell workout on my cross training day or swap out um, one of the short, the SSSC workouts for a short kettlebell session, 10 to 15 minutes and use my cross training workout for something like swimming or biking? You know, I, I think um, there's a couple of layers to this. So, yeah. you know, because I know there are some some kettlebell classes that you can go to, and I don't know if that's what she's talking about, but, you know, there are kettlebell classes you can go to that are in that 30 to 40, 45 minute range um, that are gonna be slightly cardio um, as well as the strength component. And I would say if that's what you're talking about, um, maybe do it on a cross training day. If you're talking about more of using kettlebells just for a strength workout, um, which I highly encourage, I think kettlebells are fantastic, by the way. Um, you know, yeah, swap it out for you know um, one of the SSSCs or you know um, just a consider it a strength workout. So um, I, I guess it all just depends on how you're going to be using that. Yeah, perfect. And I would play devil's advocate and say the SSSCs are about five minutes long, so do right. ten minutes of kettlebells and then do an SSSC just because it's pretty running specific and moving your own True. body weight is really. Um, I just find that it's really it's getting harder to do or it, it's harder than you think it should be sometimes and so um so making sure that that you continue to do the push-ups and the you know the, the planks and that kind of thing i guess you yeah. say you like kettlebells huh amanda i mean i don't okay let me let me let me backtrack on that i don't uh, love them i personally i don't think they're fun but i think yeah. they're really good they're really good i mean yeah. i you know I, I go to a facility where we incorporate a lot of kettlebells and um it's not my favorite thing but they are they have a lot of good uses i think Sure. And so I, okay, I like that they, so someone taught you how to use them. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you from having instruction, I think that most of us are going to tend to pick up too small of a kettlebell. Uh, <laughs> really. It's so, That's so yeah. funny because I picked one up the other day and it was like, oh my God. And literally, I mean, it's the size of an apple, right? I mean, right. A big apple, a big, <laughs> like this is heavy. Like, and it was like maybe five or six pounds. So yeah. I think, but I do think, I mean, the, the reason why I asked you, and I wasn't leading you on, but I was just one, because I have never used them and I'm, yeah, you know, like, like I just get nervous and I haven't had an opportunity or I haven't really sought out an opportunity to learn how to use them. Um, yeah. And so um, I would like to try them, but I really want to make sure because I know there's a lot of swinging involved and my posture yeah. sometimes leaves a lot to be desired. So, um, yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, definitely from what I've learned, it, there is a lot of technique involved in how you use kettlebells. And, um, and I don't know, I'm sure you have some kettlebell classes near you, and I, I really highly recommend trying one of those because it's it opens up a whole new world of movement to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, I love that you said that because honestly, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say that. I was like, it was like this big, and I was like yeah. using it to try to do like one like a deadlift, and I'm like, oh, that's too heavy, Dimity, I want to hurt <laughs> <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. Okay, here's another question. Um, This is coming from Kim in Switzerland. Um, okay, can you give some pointers on how to get a PR and navigate the crowds at a large marathon like London? Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's kind of, I don't want to say an oxymoron, but a PR and a large yeah. marathon sometimes are, that, that sometimes is like, you know, jumbo shrimp. It doesn't always right. go together. So right. I want to talk about that. Agree. It's, it's definitely tough. And I think that in those really big races, it's going to be a game of patience. And 
in some ways it can work to your advantage because you're not going anywhere fast at the beginning of London. That's you know, true. you're going to be you're going to be kind of, you know, boxed in and it's going to take a while for things to clear out. And so I would say really work that to your advantage. Like think of it as this is going to be a negative split race and that's what you really have to go for. So keep that first, you know, 6 miles or so nice and in check and and naturally again the course and the crowds are going to do that to you. Um, and then hopefully things are going to start opening up a little bit and you can start ramping up and getting more on pace and, um, and, and running, you know, a, a faster second half, which is very difficult in a marathon, no question about it. But, um, but use that to your advantage. Like I said, you know, just, just take advantage of, of, of the fact that you have to chill at the beginning of a big yeah. race like that. And is it, I, I don't know about how London is corralled. I mean, I know like a, a race like Marine Corps, there are no corrals. So you really have to think very um you know deliberately about where you want to be um yeah. and similar for, but but if, if there is a corral situation i mean obviously she should line up um with a time that is or her you know put in a time that is um compatible with what she looks at at finishing but i mean at that point do you want to be at the front of your corral do you want to be kind of in the middle so that you do have that kind of built-in control like what you know as other other kind of things just to think about at the beginning yeah i mean i think um uh, something that I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming London has pacers, any, any yeah. race of that size. So that's one thing you might do is, is, you know, line up behind your pacers. And I always recommend stalking a pacer, not running with a pacer because you stalking never know them. how they're going to, yeah, how they're going to take yeah. it out and just, you know, so keep them in your vision, but not necessarily be shoulder to shoulder with them. Um, so that's one idea. And um, yeah, I would, I mean, I think I'd line up in the, the front quarter of your corral is probably the best way to do it that way you're not going to get swallowed but you're also not going to be tempted to like just take off so you know i mean if if the, if there's any space to take off which there probably isn't so yeah. and then what about like you know i kind of, i always think of it as like bobbing and weaving right you know sometimes yeah. you you know you're trying to get around the walkers or you're trying to get around somebody who you know i don't know like or you know how much energy do you lose kind of you know doing a zigzag path instead of just saying okay I'm going to stay on the left shoulder of the road or whatever until, you know, and just, yeah. and just more trying to keep up a, a, a route or a, a, a path that is very, um, you know, as, as direct as possible. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. And um, it's very tempting to do the weaving and, and it can get frustrating to get stuck behind someone. But um, again, just, just be as patient as you can be and um don't expend that energy i mean i just i i think you, you can lose a lot of energy with with the weaving in and out and jumping up and down off of curves and all that kind of stuff and and yeah just, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 no try, to, try to stay the no course yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i remember and i've never seen london unfortunately i'd like to one day but i mean i remember watching chicago around gosh i mean it was it was later in the race it was either early 20s or maybe like 18 or 19 but i was like oh my gosh this crowd has not thinned out at all yeah. Um, and so I just, I mean, again, like we're not discouraging you, Kim, from going for it because, you know, if your training's going well and you've got a great day ahead, like it's definitely possible, but you just need to have the mentality that you are not going to have the open road. You need to going to have the idea that you're going to be clipping somebody's heels behind you and that's okay. You can still run your own race, but just know that it's like, I mean, for me, it's like almost mentally a little bit harder because you just always feel like, I gotta run my own race, but oh my God, I'm surrounded by everybody, you know, right. especially if you've been training right. so well, that's, that to me right. is, is always a jolt. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, good luck, Kim. And if you have other follow-up questions, type them in. Um, okay, so we're going back to a training question from Heather in the 10K group. 
Um, if you do the hill work on a treadmill, what incline should you use? Um, if we're talking repeats, I'm going to recommend a like four to five percent grade, um, somewhere in there. If you're doing just, you know, if you're trying to, um, you know, just kind of incorporate some hills in there, um, which I encourage anyone, you know, I mean, I think we've myth busted the whole one percent incline thing for running on a treadmill. That's sure. not so right. So that that that's like for a steady state run on a treadmill that used to be, and there used to be a a myth that you had to run at a one percent incline. Um, I think that's gone out the window, but um, but if you are just even just running and you want to have, if you want to mimic the outdoors, you know, throw in a minute here, a minute there of just some sort of incline, you know, one, two, three percent, something like that, just to give your body, you know, get get your body used to some of that that variability. Um, but for hill repeats, I would put it in the the four to five percent range. Perfect. Um... Okay, um, we're just gonna we're gonna just uh, we are gonna bob and weave during this podcast, okay. <laughs> this webinar, because um, we're back to training. Uh, and so Laurel, who is in the half marathon group, she says, um, uh, "How do you recommend pacing the start of a race?" I mean, I know you've already kind of talked about this, but um, I feel fit to meet my time goal, but I wonder how much slower I should start to avoid fatiguing. She's running Austin Zuma um, with a one forty five time goal, um, and the one thing I know about Austin Zuma, I've never run the half there, but I've been there and I know it's a hilly little mother runner of a race yeah. so um so with that in mind what would you tell Laurel to to think about pacing wise and, and anybody really but I mean just because yeah, yeah. well I mean I, th I think I've said it um many times in the past I am a big fan of being conservative at the front end um and it you know depending on your race distance um that that has an impact on how long I'm going to recommend you to be conservative um, for a half marathon, I definitely want to see three miles of, you know, slower than race pace effort. Um, and, and then around the three mile mark, you want to start um, kicking it in a little bit and getting closer to your race pace. So um, patience, patience, patience for those first three miles and, and, and then try to settle in to that race pace. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're on track to PR in a half marathon, I'm going to say you're going to be hurting pretty good by eight or nine. Um, and, and know that, you know, know, expect that pain and it's, it's those last five or so are going to, they're going to be painful, but it's worth it. You'll get there. <laughs> five, five. It's, it's one hand. You can do it. You can do it. Well, yeah. so let's talk a little bit. Um, I mean, so with a hilly, with a hilly course, it's hard to say, oh, I want to be at XX pace, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to go slower up the hills and you're going to get a little boost as you come down. So yeah. let's talk about like perceived effort. Yeah. Um, those like first three miles and maybe even like the first six because you know um, I mean we don't want her to to feel like she's emptied her tank you know when she's only halfway through so right. kind of talk through perceived effort um, from a scale of one to ten from maybe the first three the next three and then maybe the second half of the race well um, when we're going to address hills um, what I like to um, recommend is that people run the hills without looking at their watch. Run run your hills more by feel. So, okay, I've just run three miles, you know, at uh, a flat, and now I'm going to hit a hill. You want that hill to feel like you're working as hard um, or as easy or whatever um, pace you were running as you were looking at your watch, okay? And and don't look at your watch. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to run a hill at the pace that you can run a flat, okay? Because it's just going to take too much out of you. So, so that, that's one um, thing to say there when we're talking about a hill. But um, yeah, and then if we are talking about a half marathon in a race and how to, to you know, um, meet out your energy levels throughout the course, 
um, you know, take those first three nice and easy, settle into pace for say the next six and, you know, the last three start dumping, you know, just, just start, start putting, putting the, the pedal to the metal and, and going as hard as you can. Um, and hopefully, you know, that's going to spread out your energy nicely and, and you'll finish without having anything really left in your tank. Let's, if you're racing, that's what you want to go for. Exactly. Going for a, a, a big, ambitious time goal. Um, the one yeah. thing I want to say about Hills, and this is um, a little bit, um, you know, it's maybe more aimed at the marathon length, but um, but I think it's helpful for anybody because I think we have the, you know, it's hard not to look at your watch when you're used to doing that, right? Yeah. And um, and one, one uh, book that we used in the heart rate plan um, was called Racing Wisely. And this coach is, I can't, I'm forgetting his name right now, but his advice was that run a hill like that hill is going to go all the way to the finish line. That is the pace that you need to have on that hill. So yeah. if it is a super steep hill, you are going to go slow up that hill and you're going to be yeah. like, oh, I just lost two or three minutes or whatever. You, you haven't because you right. haven't burned up the energy to get up it. Similarly, right. if the hill is a little bit, has just a little bit of an incline, you know, I mean, obviously you're going to slow down because, but think about that, you know, I have to run this hill, you know, mile two, I have to run it this grade for the next 11.1 miles. What pace yeah. do I want to be at? Because yeah. you you can always burn yourself on your, you can always make mistakes on going uphill, but it's very hard to, if you slow down, that it's going to burn you, right? I mean, I think right, right. You know, that feels counterintuitive, but it, it's, you know, there's nothing to be gained for being the first up the hill in your little Absolutely top runners. Absolutely not. And, and, and then oftentimes when you are the first one up the hill, you're, you're maybe one of the last ones at the bottom of the hill because people are going to go screaming by you on the downhill, yeah. you know, because they, they can spend some energy. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, Laura says, um, how do I know my goal race pace? And this is a half marathon as well. Um, how do I know my goal race pace if my long runs um, are at about an eight minute mile or just under? How do you find out pace? Wait, wait, where, do you, where would you go for that, Coach Amanda? Um, I think the best measure of what your race pace should be is a recent race result. And then using something like a McMillan calculator um, and plugging in your numbers and seeing what it spits out. I, I don't think, to some degree, our long runs can be indicators, but, but not necessarily. Um, because it, for one, when you're in the thick of training, you know, your legs are tired and they're not giving you, you're not tapered down, you're, not, you're doing all these things and your legs are not giving you what they can give you on race day provided you know you're tapered down and rested um, so that that is my very very first choice for so if you have a recent race time I would recommend taking that put it into a calculator and see what it spits out um, that that's my first measure I don't know if we want to go beyond that well and what so and if she so say just just for um, just to, to expand this a little bit so if she's run a 10k or a 5k is that going to be is that going to give a, a half marathon race pace time that feels accurate to you if, if she's run that in the last say six months yes yes i agree i think it will i mean i, okay. I think on these calculators that's what they're meant to do um you know they're not perfect but they're a pretty decent measure yeah okay so laura if you need help finding one or i mean obviously you can google the mcmillan race calculator but if you want some ideas you know you can definitely ask on the facebook page as well i think that's yeah. a it's hard. And again, in, in your course is going to come into um, play here so much. You know, we yeah. don't know what running, race you're running because, you know, if you're running a super flat, you know, race by the beach versus a super hilly half marathon in Colorado, that's going to be two different things. So um, so feel free to expand on that for sure um, as, as your race gets closer and you want some more kind of more specific strategy. And can I add in one more thing? 
Absolutely. Um, I'm going to say this too because I think you guys all know that I I like people to run their long runs easy. I really do. Um, and I'm going to say that if you're running an eight minute mile at during your long runs, um, that that would calculate to a pretty stinking fast half marathon. So I, I want to make sure like that you like that you're not overdoing your long runs. Eight minute pace for long runs is pretty fast, you know. And I'm not saying that 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 and maybe that's exactly where she is, and that is fantastic. I just want to throw that caveat in there that that your long run pace should not be what your race pace, what your goal race pace is. Okay, if it is, you're you're going too fast on your long runs. So I just want to throw that one in there too. Yeah, you know, unless, unless there's. Unless there's a specific race pace section within your run. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's a really good, uh, good, helpful reminder. And I mean, you know, when when your paces are a little bit slower, say you're you're looking for a 10 minute um, race pace, you know, during a half marathon, like your long runs are going to be at 11 or 11:30. You know, like yeah. that's that's an easier pace. So you know, if you are, you know, it, obviously the the distance between your easy pace and your race pace gets smaller as you run out of seconds to, to eat up right so yeah. as, as they get faster but i mean so you know it you know i mean off the top of my head i would say you know a 730 or a 715 but again yeah. if that's not an easy pace for her then we need to um we we think uh her long runs yeah i just i just don't don't want her burning her legs out on those long runs because that's a lot of miles to put in at a at a good clip and you know no one's out there no no one's out there achieving their prs by running their, their PR pace in a long run. Yeah, you can't you can't win your training. Well, you can win yeah. your training by by finishing injury free, but you can't win your training runs. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, okay. So while we're on the subject of pace, Hannah, um, she is in the marathon program, um, and she wants to. So she's in the middle of the Crush It Marathon plan. She has a time goal of of running eight minutes a mile for her marathon. Mm -hmm. um, she wanted to help determining paces for a, the negative splits. Um, well, she wants so so basically she knows to keep her easy runs easy and what to run during race pace miles, but she's not sure what to shoot for on other runs. Um, sometimes running by effort can be tough, and having a pace in mind helps. So um, so these are the three that she was wondering about: um, negative splits, hill interval repeats, and then strong finish runs. Which um, I, I mean, let's start with strong finish runs just because that's kind of an easy one to bite off because that's not really a pace thing. That's a I am running faster than I have for my previous X miles, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, again, she's probably not going to like this answer because I'm not going to. I'm, I'm <laughs> not, not going to give her a number. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of specifically identifying paces because. So for all three of these events, but let's start with that one—the the, the, the faster finish. Um, you know, you're going to start out at a comfortable pace, and for the say it's the last four miles is is your fast finish um uh recommendation in there um you know just kind of have an idea of what kind of a pace you've been averaging for the front part um and then drop it down say 15 30 seconds something like that per mile um you know the, the goal is not any specific um pace but it's it's what the goal is to teach your body to be able to get that negative split if possible in a marathon so um, negative slit just means that it just means faster than what what you were running so um, so if but if you want some sort of definition aim for like 15 to 30 seconds per mile um, faster than what you were running on the strong finish and negative strong split finish. Just, 
Yeah, for backing up negative split, I mean, and that, just to make it super easy, say you run um, math-wise, uh, say you run a four-hour half marathon, or four-hour marathon, if you run two seconds faster on the second half than you do on the first, that is a negative split. Like, Absolutely. it doesn't have to be a huge, like, oh my gosh, I negative split it by minutes, because that usually doesn't happen. It's usually by seconds, you know, if a minute. So, right. uh, so really, it's just shades of gray, and that, and I understand that's frustrating, Hannah, because, like, you want to be told, okay, if you go run this negative split, go out at 8.30 and come back at 8.15, you're going to be golden, but really like that so much goes into your pace that day that we really want you to learn how to tune into effort because you know if you are on the verge of getting sick if you didn't sleep well the night before if you have a lot of stress at work or at home um all that comes into your physiology and that's i think that's really just important and so so you know you know for hill repeats you know we want you running hard in those hill repeats we want you at a seven or eight like you know, if you look up that hill and you were like, I could not have run another 10 steps, that might be a little bit too hard, but dial it back just a little bit, but not much, right, Amanda? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think I think I want to just speak to all to this, the the whole pace thing and training. And um, our watches that we have now are fantastic tools, but we tend to get a little too we want to really, really define things because we can define them by our watch. But there is so much value in not drilling it down to that extent, because because just like Dimity said, I mean, every day is going to give you something different, and um, you need to to be able to know and understand what your body has, and um, it's going to be different from one day to the next. And um, you know, go with what is defined: negative split. Go with what is defined: fast finish. Um, but it it doesn't have to be defined to that degree to get the benefit. And in fact, I think it is more beneficial to be able to work off of perceived effort. I really Absolutely. do. I agree. Yeah. And so Hannah, hopefully that isn't too nebulous and frustrating, but I think, yeah. I think if you, um, you know, can kind of just zoom out a little bit and have a little, per, you know, try to just tune into your effort um, instead of tuning into your numbers, I think you might find um, some really juicy stuff to, to, to chew on and, and also to use during the race. Cause again, you know, what if the race, is you know all of a sudden you're in a heat wave and it's 90 degrees and you're going oh i gotta run my eight minute mile well that's gonna be a lot different than your training say you're training at 40 degrees right now so you need to know i need to be at a two to three for those first six miles and so if you just have an eight minute mile on your mind you're gonna have a really hard day um yeah. and we want to make sure that you have the best day you can have with the situation you're given on race day so yeah and i'm gonna throw in one last piece on all this and that is just that yeah. um you know we can also be hard on ourselves when we are oh. defining ourselves by numbers. And so you might go out and, and, you know, have a number in mind for those hill repeats and not hit it and then beat yourself up and feel like, oh, I'm in a training funk and this is not going well and what is going on, you know, what's going on. Whereas if you do it by perceived effort, you can come off of that and feel like a rock star. Like, hey, you know, I ran those really hard and I feel good about that, regardless of what that pace was. So I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I and I, you know, I... I have to say I'm past those days now, but I remember them very vividly. And like, you know, the difference between a 917 average pace and a 942 average pace, which is, you know, 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds a mile, you know, and I went out and nailed a seven or eight mile run, say, you know, would make me feel like I was losing ground, right? Yeah. yeah. The reality is, is I was completing a training plan, staying uninjured and tuning, you know, my body was doing what it could do that day. And that's yeah. really, I mean, 
the, the training plan is a comprehensive, it's all the ingredients you need for a good race. And if you take out, you know, the flour by itself and the sugar by itself, it doesn't taste good. It's got to go all together and be this, you know, baked thing that's going to be your race. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's sometimes you have to live it <laughs> to believe it. It's kind of like, you know, trying yeah. to give kids advice and I, you know, but, you know, I, I again, I feel like a grandmother saying this, but I mean, I remember I used to go out with my Timex Ironman just by time. And then yeah. I would get in my little, you know, a Toyota 4Runner, like, and go yeah. and drive the course that I just ran. Yeah. Because I wanted to know how many miles it was, you know, and yes. then I would do the math, but I still, you know, I was like, oh, well, that's about, you know, and, and, yes. I, and I was so happy because I was like, oh, I just ran seven miles or just ran five miles or whatever. And it wasn't down to like the nanosecond of what my pace was. And yes. you can yes. just try to go back a little bit to that, you know, use your Garmin, of course, but but use it with a grain of salt if you can. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah. All right, we'll step down now, right, Amanda? We'll step down. Right, right, exactly. I know. I know. We're, we're, we're preaching our old school mindset here. I know, but. I know. But it, it, it's, it's helpful. It really is. I mean, yeah. because it is, you know, it's it's hard sometimes. Technology is beautiful, but it can also just be, and I, and I really like the point that you brought up about how we can use it to, for another tool for like, you know, negative self-thoughts. And that's not what it's meant to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about positive things. So Kim is back. This is, this is London Kim. Um, okay. So she's looking for um, mental strength exercises you recommend practicing and then implementing on long runs. She's got, you've got seven, she's got about seven weeks to work on it before London. Um, and while, I'll let you think about that, Amanda, for a second. Let me just throw yeah. in one quick plug here for, um, for Justin, uh, yeah. Justin Ross, Dr. Justin Ross, yeah. who's our sports psychologist um, yeah. on May 20th, or I mean, not, not May, different M month, March 20th. Um, Kim, we're going to have a um, executing high performance on race day seminar. It's a 90 minute seminar with him. It's $20. Um, if you can't make it, I know you're overseas. Um, you can watch afterwards. It's very, very helpful. I mean, it's a, it's part of a three, three part series. So, you know, ideally you could do all three, but I think you could get a lot out of that third one, just thinking about race day. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. He's also been on some podcasts with us. Um, in the Train Like a Mother Club, he's also, Sarah's also had him on. So I would definitely recommend looking some of those up and just listening to them in addition to um, to taking Coach Amanda's advice. Yeah, I, I second Justin. I just, I think he's fantastic. I've interviewed him for a lot of articles on the mental part and and he he absolutely knows his his stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is, um, uh, it's, it's tough. I, I think, um, some of the things you can start doing, um, you know, start visualizing that race finish and visualizing yourself coming across the finish line, feeling good, feeling energized and with a smile on your face and, you know, hitting a goal time if you're after a goal time, um, those types of things. Just really start picturing that. Start thinking about race execution and how you're going to do it and, um, you know, and thinking about that that holding back at the beginning and picture yourself holding back and, and having it feel easy and and think about the things you're going to do when you hit the rough spots, you know, um, so that you kind of have a plan, um, you know, so, okay, I'm feeling like crap right now. <laughs> what what can I do about this, you know, yeah. um, the, you know, and, 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 and come up with strategies to to cope with those spots um, so that you have them um, ready to go and you can just pull them right out of your toolkit um, on the race course. So, I think those are all some things you can start doing to to, to plan ahead and um, you know be mentally where you need to be and and also take a look over your training logs. You know if training's going well, 
um, remind yourself of that and remind yourself that, hey, I'm on track to do what I want to do. Um, you know, every all the data shows that I am right where I want to be and, and trust in that and believe in, in, in what you can do with that. Absolutely. Um, and I would just, it's just some other PS things that I would say. Um, there's a book Matt Fitzgerald wrote called How Bad Do You Want It? Mm -hmm. um, seven runs or seven weeks is, you know, I would grab that from the library or Amazon or maybe, you know, buy it for a Kindle. Um, that's, that's how, that, that'll have a bunch of different exercises and some good explanation of um, your, how your mind plays into your physiology. Um, and then I would also, um, the, the one thing that Justin really talks about, and it's harder on a long run, maybe, maybe during race pace miles, but a big thing that he talks about is not focusing within, right? Not, oh, my legs hurt so much. Oh, my lower back is seizing up. Oh my gosh, how much farther do I have to go? I'm not sure I can do it. Instead, thinking about um, just small little targets, um, whether it is the person in front of you, whether it's the trees around you, whether it is a goal, you know, or your child that you're running the race for, or you want to set a good example for, or um, just something that is outside of your physical body so that you're not just dwelling because whatever you focus on, that's what gets the spotlight. That's one thing that he always says. Whatever you focus on, that's where your mind is going to shine. And so if you're shining on how much your legs hurt, guess what? That's just going to amplify that situation again and again and again. Um, yeah. The other thing that I really like about this and I, I can't take credit for is actually Sarah and she was trying to, I think, qualify for Boston the first time, but she went and talked to um, a bunch of different runners, just people in her neighborhood. And they were like, she's like, what do you do when it hurts? I mean, how do you, how do you get past that? And um, it's, it's kind of counter and kind of contradicts what I just said, but you lean in because that shows that you're doing what you want to be doing. That shows that you are strong enough to carry that pace. That shows that you are showing up and doing the, and completing the goal that you meant to do. So instead of you know, um, trying to suppress the pain and be like, oh, I can't get away from it. It's going to be two more miles. Be like, sweet. Yeah, I got two miles to go. I've got a great burn going. That means I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to leave it all out here. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of flipping on your head the, the thing that we try to avoid, which is pain, right? Like yeah. even though we're all runners <laughs> going on a marathon, we don't want it to hurt. Well, the hurt actually means, you know, at the right place, obviously, you know, a tight IT band or a shin that's, you know, barking at you, that's not the kind of hurt we're talking about. We're talking about the, like, I'm going for it hurt. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I I totally agree with that. Um, you know, the, I, two, two things I'm going to add on that is, you know, <clears throat> yeah, it, it has to hurt. If you want a PR, it has to hurt. And so you have to embrace that. And, and like Dimity said, it means you're doing it. It means, you know, you know, again, again, as long as you're not, you know, at mile six in your marathon and you're really, really hurting, that's not good yeah. news. Um, but, you know, but in another, in any kind of a race, you know, you're getting toward the end, it's going to hurt and you just got to kind of embrace it. And then also piggybacking on what you said, I think it is important to know your personality type. Um, you know, they've, they've shown that, that different athletes respond to different cues and some of us need distraction, you know, whether it's throwing on your favorite playlist or, you know, drawing energy from the crowds. Some of us do well by tapping into, okay, this is what I'm feeling. How can I adjust? How can I change sure. this? Um, so know yourself and know your best strategies and, and, and practice them. Absolutely. I mean, I can say, you know, personal experience mantras. I know that they are super effective for some people. I just can never, I'm like, okay, I'm going to practice this mantra. I got this mantra, you know, and I'm going to practice it and practice it. Then I get to race it. I'm like, what was I supposed to say again? You know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't stick in my head the way that I know, I know Sarah again, it works really well for her. So, yeah. you know, knowing today or, you know, taking these runs and, and not just on your long runs, Kim, I would say 
you know, every run, you know, think about that finish line, think about what it's going to feel like at 21. What are you going to do? How are you going to be fueling all that kind of stuff? Like the more that you can just visualize and put yourself there again and again, the better off you'll be. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kristen, uh, she would love to know how to prioritize runs for the week. You need to take time off for illness. She's in week five of the Crush It plan, and the week five newsletter was about being under the weather. So good job on timing that one. Yep. <laughs> um, I feel like one of my biggest strengths is being able to stick very closely to a training plan, but I have such a hard time being flexible if something like the stomach bug or the flu comes up. Um, so if she has to miss one or more runs, which of the rest of that week's runs, excuse me, aside from the obvious long run, should she, should she prioritize after feeling better? Should she always try to do the workout? Speed, speed work run along with the long run, for example, if she needed to rest on a Tuesday um, or do you just let it go and pick up the next day or the rest of the week as is and try not to move stuff around? That That's that's my recommendation. You know, it, it, it's not a deal breaker to miss some training. Every, these, these programs are written in an ideal world. None of us are going to get 100% of the runs in. And I don't think there's such a thing as really making up a run. Um, so, I mean... The first priority is make sure you really are back up to speed and yeah. feel healthy enough to, to take on the training. Um, I don't think it's, you know, okay, so you miss a speed day. Well, if you're just coming back from feeling sick, don't throw in that speed day. Let your body keep recovering and just move on to the next week and don't don't worry about it. Don't look back, you know, if you're going to be okay. So that, that's, you know, I, I know that's maybe not, I know people love to stick to their, their plans. I get it. I do. Absolutely. I do. But it, it's okay. No, no one workout or missed workout will make or break you. No three, four, or five missed workouts will make or break you, so. Yeah, absolutely. What will break you is you try to come back too soon or, yes. or you know, only doing the hard workouts right when you come back from the flu because right. that, you, need to, you need to come back on that on-ramp just gently, right? right? So right. If, if you come back on a Tuesday and that Tuesday is speed work, don't do speed work that day. If it's yeah. about a 45 minute run total, just go easy for that day to get yeah. your legs back underneath you and make sure that you feel awesome. And then you can go forward, but yep. you know, you can always, there's nothing to be, you can, you have a really hard time hurting yourself if you go easy, right? Yeah. If you give yourself grace and patience, you're yep. always, there's, you're just going to hurt your, I mean, not, you're not absolutely, but you have just a greater chance of hurting yourself, injury, burnout wise, illness wise. If you, you know, get all anxious about it, which again, I understand, but you gotta, yep. gotta, Patience and grace. That's yeah, the it's a better That's safe, the one I can safe remember. Than sorry. Patience and grace. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a better safe than sorry kind of situation. Absolutely. That, that's a good way to think of it as well. Okay, Amy is. Um, she's also in the marathon plan. She's in the week eleven of the um, go the distance plan. Her longest run is meant to be Easter weekend, which is week fifteen. She's going to be visiting her in laws that week, so it's an area that I know, but I'm not sure I can get a twenty mile run in that area. So if I need to change. Um, the longest run, should I do it a week earlier or later? She isn't aiming for a PR. She's running the marathon at racing it, and it's her third marathon. Um, so I think we're, so we're looking at either um, doing it in week four. I mean, I'm, week, talking, week. I'm counting, I'm counting weeks back from the race. Yeah. Day, sorry. So four yeah, weeks absolutely. out or two weeks out. Um, um, and she's I, talking about doing, in, 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 she's either doing week 14 or week 16 instead of week 15, which is when it's right. written. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, I would go for week 16, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think four weeks out is a little bit too far out. I'm not a fan of that. Um, and I don't think you're going to be hurting yourself by 
um, you know, moving it up to two weeks out. And I would just suggest though that you definitely take your taper seriously. Do not overdo your taper. Follow sure. the taper starting at three weeks out, you know, at the, at week 15, you know, that's when we start to taper, follow that and, and stick to it and then do that long run um, on at, at six, two weeks out, six, week 16. Okay, so, so so she'll do it. Yep, week sixteen, perfect. Yeah. Um, great, and then just right into the taper. So on that week fifteen, I mean, uh, I don't have the plan in front of me. That was a, that's an oversight on my part. But how many miles do you think that she should be running on the go the distance when she's at her in laws? Yeah, I mean, if she can get in fourteen to sixteen, that's probably okay. pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. Yeah. Okay, um, Allison is in the week ten of the go the distance plan, and she's wondering about pacing and, and, she, and if she should step up her long runs at all. Her average pace for a 16 mile one was 13 minute miles, but my six mile run this week was negative splits from 1141 to 921. So she went down, which is great. And honestly, I wasn't looking at my watch while running. I was just trying to make the last three miles feel faster than the first three, which bada boom, that's what we just said. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to finish my marathon within the time limit and allow a couple of potty breaks. She needs to be going back faster than 13 minute miles. So Let's talk again about just um, long run race pace, especially I, I get the anxiety around um, making sure that you come in uh, before the, the, the course is finished. So um, what would you say to Allison about those 13 minute miles in her long runs? I would say keep on keeping on and don't worry about that pace. You're going to be fine. And what you just did in that negative um, split workout was fantastic. And it shows you what you're capable of. But it doesn't show you what you should that you should be running that pace for a long run. Um, so I I think trust in the training, keep going. Consistency is your best friend, and follow the plan. And I I truly truly think you should have confidence that you're going to be okay on race day. I really do. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with it. Let your body dictate that long run pace. Absolutely. Um, and that really yeah. Hopefully that is enough of a um a band aid that to feel good because you know the long runs for. Above all, it's, it's time on your feet, right? Yep. And you just you were just on yep. your feet for 16 miles, you know? Yep. I mean, that's a long time to be out there. So, yep. you know, the more that you can do that and extend that, and again, stay injury-free and stay mentally excited about what you're doing, that's totally a win, so. Yeah, and, and also understand that you are getting stronger with every single step, you're getting stronger. You're doing this training, regardless of what your long run pace is, you are getting stronger, and, and you are capable of more than that pace on race day. Absolutely. Um, okay, so those are the questions I have from Facebook that I have in front of me. Um, and so if anyone else has any questions who's here um, listening, please, you know, either type them in or raise your hand if you want to. Um, and then I just want to um, talk a little bit. Uh, Tina just put up something about on a 10K plan. Um, and she was asking about who is new and who's doing, you know, who's training and um, commenting a little bit about uh, the um, the activity on the 10K plan and um, on the Facebook page. And you know, some groups um, tend to get a little bit chattier than others, but I just really, really encourage you to to talk to each other, you know, to put up, oh, I had a great day. Oh, I had a bad day. I mean, um, you know, we can't be in every page every day um, asking you how your run was, but you guys can do that. And, and a lot of you are doing that. So it's definitely, you know, but I just wanted to um, just put out a little, you know, PSA for that because there's, you know, as, as we know around these parts, another mother runner and train like a mother, like, no question is too basic, no question is too TMI, no question, you know, no comment. Someone is always gonna relate to you. Yes, so yeah. um, just, just um, that's my little P PSA. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. yeah. 
Um, okay, uh, uh, London Kim, back again. Thank you. You always have great questions, Kim. So she's had a crazy bitter cold weather here in Europe. Um, a cold from um, from Siberia is coming in tomorrow. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I know, right? Who's, who's ever said that? I've got a cold from Siberia coming in. She's looking at doing um, 20 miles on the treadmill tomorrow. Oh. Um, she says, advice, question mark, kind thoughts. Okay, so here's some kind thoughts. Um, yeah, 20 miles on the treadmill. It's possible. We know you are not a treadmill fan, Coach Amanda, but the cold from Siberia, is, that's a tough one. So yeah. um, what's the farthest I, you've, ever, you've ever run personally on a treadmill? Eight miles one time. Eight miles one time. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't, and so I'm maybe not your best person for saying, this is what will get you through, because I, 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 I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, oh, I, you know, movies and podcasts and um, music, yeah. and yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, that's. I know there got to, this is a this is a time where I think reach out to everybody in the Facebook group because there are other yeah. women who've done this. Yeah. Um, I agree. And and they have a lot of great ideas and and I would tap into them um you know some sort of a binge watch from Netflix or something. I I you know that keeps your mind occupied. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean hats off to you. I I really I I wish I had the mental fortitude for it. I just don't. Um yeah. so I, I, yeah. We get it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a couple, I've never done 20 on a treadmill. I don't know what the longest I've ever done on a treadmill, but I know that I had some mother long workouts, especially on the bike, which is similar. And I was indoors uh, when I yeah. was doing Iron Man. And I watched, I, that's, uh, I watched Parks and Rec, which was great because it's like 25 minutes or so, I think an episode and um, doesn't require a whole lot of brain power. I don't, yeah. I can't do mysteries or things that I have to, you know, like English accents or anything like that, that I can't, you know, quite get, you know, I have to be able to get it quickly. So like that and getting that, that gets you through, you know, I said, okay, I'll do three parts and rack and then I'll see how I feel. Um, the other thing that I would um, say maybe is, um, is splitting it up a little bit in that, I don't know how, you know, if the cold front, if the Siberian cold front is as bad as it sounds, it's probably that means you're on the treadmill the whole time. But if there's a way that you could maybe do 10 outside and end up near the gym or, you know, get in your car quickly and drive to the gym and do 10 inside that, that might be kind of a nice um, way to break it up. Or, and I, this is me speaking, not coach Amanda. I know she wouldn't approve of this, but, or maybe, maybe you would at least give it a thumbs up, but you know, maybe you do, you know, uh, 10 miles on the treadmill and then get off and just do like 10 minutes on the elliptical and count that as a mile and then do, you know, something like that, yeah, like to, to break yeah. it up a little bit. Um, Agree. Agree. Yeah. And, okay. and even, and also I would say this is a case where, okay, there's probably, you know, not speed work written in there, but um, I, you know what, as you're getting to those final miles, shake it up, you know, like play with the turret, the, um, the incline, play with yeah. your speed a little bit, things to, to engage your mind, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the times that I have been on a treadmill, I've definitely done that. I've been like, I don't care if it's a speed work day or not. I'm doing a little bit because. Yeah, it just <laughs> makes it go faster. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cute cat. What's the cat's name? Um, that's Henry. Yeah. Oh, hi, Henry. <laughs> yes. um, awesome. How old is he? Um. Oh, goodness. I think nine. I, I'm yeah. not sure. It's terrible. Oh. We have three pets, so I don't, I've lost track. You know, when kids and pets and. <laughs> The, the, the pets kind of move down on the, the scale yeah, of, of yeah, priorities. Exactly. So, yeah. When's Henry's birthday, Coach Amanda? No, yeah. If Henry um, gets his shots in one year, he's lucky. So I know, right? I'm like, oh, I get the vet reminder. Oh, Mason's overdue for his rabies. 
three years ago. I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, anyway. Awesome. Well, good luck, Kim. Have a great run. Let us know how it goes. And again, I would reach yeah, out to, to your Facebook um, friends and see if they had some ideas. I mean, the other thing too, is you could reschedule maybe a little bit based on some advice that, that Amanda yeah. just had. So if you want that, um, you yep. can also tag her and we can yep. talk about that. Well, this has yep. been awesome. Really, really fun. And um, as always, great advice. So thank you for your time and Henry's time today, uh, Coach thank Amanda. And you. Uh, we'll see, we'll be doing these about once a month now going forward. So um so, and I will give you uh, a little bit more of a heads up. Oh, I see one more question, but I, okay. I, I wanted to um, apologize for only giving you like 24, less than 24 hours. It was on my list and then somehow that list got lost. So <laughs> anyway, Liz is, Liz is asking, um, she's on week eight for the half run walk plan. Um, this is her first half and first training plan ever. She has absolutely no time goal in mind for the race. Is this something I should spend time and thought on or just keep following the plan? I'm content being back of the pack. She just wants to finish. Thanks. Yeah, don't worry about it then. Just, you know what? Just go out there, enjoy the experience, see where you are at the end. And if you are inclined to do a second one, which I'm guessing you probably will be, um, you know, then it's time to maybe try to identify a time goal. But th th let's just go for experience with this one and, and, and have, a, have a great time with it and, um, and see what happens. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always say like the first first time you ever take on the distance, whether it's a 10K, a half or a full or a 5K too, is, um, you know, if you finished the finish, you know, if you cross the finish line feeling happy, injury free, like that's all you need to do for your first time at any distance, you absolutely. know, um, that's success. Or, yeah, that's total success. So I love that you don't have a time goal in mind. And uh, I think that's going to make your race um, your first time out there infinitely more pleasurable because there's so much that can come at you. Like we talked about like the crowds and, you know, and the, the weather and all that kind of stuff that melee into it. And we want you to feel like nothing like a rock star out there for your first half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Well, have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And um, we'll have this up as a podcast a little bit later so that you can either listen again on the run or if you weren't able to join us, listen there. So take care and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye.